0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hunt Fish Eat Podcast. Tonight I sit down with my buddy Larry Laredo Case. That it really is his name is Laredo. He's a great guy. And uh, we've been we're about to knock around the woods in West Virginia. The last two weeks you've listened to us talk about hunting with Ronnie Snedger, and um Larry joined us on that. But Larry is very gracious and let me stay at his very uh luxurious lodge, the Turkey Track Lodge, and he's also a great guy. Larry has a, a really deep background in Law enforcement for the wildlife, so he was a conservation officer, were for the DNR in West Virginia for I think plus more than thirty years. He retired as a captain, and he just has wealth of knowledge. He's a pretty fun guy. He was very gracious to host me out here to spend some time in West Virginia to hunt squirrels and bears and all sorts of cool things with him. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Um, He's just a great guy, and I know you'll like him. He has a column called Guns and Cornbread, and you can find out more about it at gunsandcornbread.com. There's not much that's more Southern than Guns and Cornbread. So um, he's just a great guy, and I hope you really enjoy uh, this episode and enjoy listening to Larry. What welcome to the Hunt Fish Eat podcast.
1: Larry, you doing okay? Uh no. I'm I'm all psyched out. I I can't talk. Um no, we're good. You're good. Okay. Uh, and uh Larry, I'm here with Larry Case in the infamous
0: uh what's the name of this lodge, Larry?
1: You are in the luxurious Turkey Track Lodge in Sweet Springs, West Virginia. Okay. I, I know you've heard of that. It's in all the Eastman's, um, uh, Peterson's Hunting Magazine. The big boys, we call them. Of course. Peterson's. Well, Peterson's. Uh, let's face it, it's going downhill since Draper <laughs> went over there. Okay. I mean, we're, we're going to be honest here, Daniel. We can be honest here. Okay. Right? We, you gave me no pre-instructions i, I didn't know you just kicked me over the cliff
0: i did i just i just hit record and we started talking this guy
1: just drove like what 16 hours or something
0: i get total about 14 <laughs> about 14 hours
1: and yeah. pulled into the yard at the turkey track lodge in sweet springs west virginia that's right which is slightly remote it's a little remote. I, and, and, I still
0: haven't sent a smoke signal to let my, <laughs> let my wife know I arrived here. So I'm going to do that here in a little
1: bit. So, uh, but anyway, yes, you, you've seen it at all the finer um, hunting uh, magazines, outdoor media, mm-hmm. whatever. And Can you describe the building we're sitting in here? Well, of course, it was built in the 30s. Okay. Uh are we gonna keep going with this? <laughs> Meticulously hand built. Yeah, yes. Uh chestnut logs. You know, a wild American chestnut. Yeah. Well you know.
0: you know, you you told me it was not gonna be good
1: and I showed up and it's great, man. now I, really? I I'm I'm very comfortable.
0: Very comfortable. Well
1: so. uh good. Our staff has worked hard. <laughs> we we reduced the rodent population by half. And and that's we're <laughs> we're hoping that's gonna be good enough.
0: Hopefully it's a good start. Yeah,
1: the staff being the three canines here. Yeah. You know. Bo, the big brown dog, Callie, the retired English pointer. And Dotsy, the cur dog, the squirrel dog, which you'll be seeing in action tomorrow. Gotcha.
0: Well, they seem to be napping pretty hard to get ready. Right, yeah, right it's, that,
1: it's yeah. a tough life here if you're a dog. Yeah. It I, really is. I can see that, man. They so. they fight over the remote, what they're going to watch. But other than that, it's not bad. As I was
0: gonna say, I noticed you got a big couch in here. I assume that's solely for the dogs.
1: Well, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the idea was gathering around in hunt camp. We do have a large screen TV in there, mm-hmm. you know, okay. and, uh, just whatever, about whatever you want to watch. We figured you outdoor guys would only watch outdoor channel related stuff.
0: Something like that, <laughs> you know, um, I, I do enough of it. I don't know if I want to watch it every night on TV, <laughs> but, uh, I do enjoy it. So we're, uh, I'm here in West Virginia with you, Larry, and, uh, we're gonna be doing some hunting the next couple of days. Yes, uh, sir. My my journey to get here was arduous and treacherous. I uh I stayed in St. Louis last night and then uh, about forty five minutes outside of St. Louis I, I blew a tire. Cool. So in Illinois, so I had to find a nice tire shop and I drive an all-wheel drive Subaru, um, which means when you when one goes out, you gotta place all four. Um because they, they all you know they all wear at the same level. Uh yeah. And so you know I don't know if this is a Racket by tire <laughs> shops. Um, I'd say it is. And super in on it, or, um, you know, and I tried to haggle with the guy a little bit. So, oh, come on, man, you know, and he gave me some number of, of how low the tire was. He said he couldn't do it. So, uh, four new shoes later, I was back on the road, man. And, yeah,
1: uh, probably only maxed one of your cards out, oh, right? Man,
0: huh? It wasn't. It wasn't too bad. Well, and it was funny. I, I said, well, hey, why you got it? Can you do an oil change? I'm three thousand miles past that. So it kind of. I'm like, well, I'm here anyway. You yeah. Know? Um, but uh I made it here. Made it here a couple hours later than anticipated. But um I'm here. So um I'm excited. I think you got to turn the camera. Larry's now taking a selfie with me. And uh, I'm, boy,
1: I'm really good at that.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right, man. So um to to commemorate this wonderful, wonderful event we've yeah, got. Going yeah, yeah, I'm
1: sure this is gonna be well, by tomorrow we'll be up in the tens of thousands of yep. hits on this, right? Hundred
0: percent, man. <laughs> Both for Instagram's gonna be blown up. So
1: Okay. I'll try to behave, Daniel. <laughs> it's hard. No, it's, so uh, uh, what do you want to talk about, dude? Yeah,
0: that's a good question. So um we were kinda of talk a little bit earlier about uh, the dream in West Virginia or the the property you want to own up here.
1: The hunting camp dream. The hunting camp dream. Okay. Yeah. Uh I can only speak for myself, but I think this is a common uh, dream, if you will, Every, what everybody's looking for. I've certainly looked for it, and I have a, it's kind of a joke to me now. We all want uh, our camp, mm-hmm. deer camp, hunting camp, whatever, uh, to be about a mile behind a locked gate. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And totally surrounded by national forest. Yep. No, nobody around. Blah blah blah. Well, like I told you, what I've run into, I, I think it's something good to talk about. How long do you look for that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have on and off. You know, you go through spells looking for stuff. Maybe you don't do this. I've done it, mm-hmm. and I've worked in this county mm-hmm. uh, in the back in the day quite a bit. I was never stationed here i was a dnr conservation yeah. officer what i was most- gonna
0: say we uh we should probably pause on uh your dream and, and talk about what you what you, what you do now <laughs> and what you used to do so
1: i'm not sure what i'm doing now but and a lot of people say that yeah uh, a lot of editors say what is he doing i hear that a lot Yeah. uh i was in dnr law enforcement west virginia dnr law enforcement what the job title when I started was a conservation officer. It's what most people call a game warden. Yep. Green jeans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, we don't say that here. We say <laughs> oh. game warden. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And I take, there are officers that take offense at that. Oh, I've okay. written about this.
0: I, I do apologize.
1: No, no. no. What I was going to tell you, man, I, I take no offense, offense <laughs> because it's a, it's a thing. And mm-hmm. here's the thing. I was in – I retired as a district captain. Okay. Okay. And I, I'm I'm kind of proud of that. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time beating my own drum, Daniel. Uh-huh. It, it's just a thing about me. hmm I just – but,
0: it's hard to brag on yourself. Is kind of what you're saying.
1: Well, some people don't have a problem, <laughs> but I we're getting deep here. Uh-huh. I was going to say uh, early in the podcast, but we're going I work. just don't like that. Yeah, and I don't want people to think that I'm yeah being absolutely. that way, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I was beating my chest here. the The term is chest beater. Mm-hmm. You, you you know them. Yep. And but in the business. I guess it's a business I'm in now. You know, I'm outdoor writing, gun writing, writing for hunting and gun magazines. Yep. You got to promote yourself sometimes. You do, yeah. It's part of the deal Mm -hmm. with editors and company. You know all this. Well, I just, I uh, I don't know. I I do it, Mm -hmm. but it's it's hard to explain.
0: Uh, It's a it's kind of a weird dynamic. Um, I'm good at selling things. Um, I'm not good at selling myself sometimes, you know, and um, I, I'm the same way, Larry, you know, and I, the way I was kind of raised was it's much better for somebody else to say good things about you and you be humble. Yep. than for you to open your mouth, you know, and promote yourself. And I, I've noticed this firsthand. You know, when I start bragging about how good of a shot I am, I'm, I'm going to start missing, guaranteed, oh. you know, and I remember my dad told me when I was a little kid, he said, never think that you're the baddest guy. Cause there's always some way to be jealous, oh, yes, you know,
1: and uh I have some experience with that, <laughs> uh, but yes, I couldn't have said it better, yeah, but i I know we're way off track from hunting camps, maybe that's what you wanted, but um yeah i uh I was a conservation officer d n r law enforcement officer mm-hmm. thirty six years. I retired as a district captain. Uh, lots of stuff, had lots of experiences, mm-hmm. good and bad. Yep. And, uh, you know, maybe we, you would want to talk about that sometime. There's a lot of yep. young men out there. I see them every day. I talk to them all the time when I was working. Mm-hmm. I was a district captain. I was the, the commander, if you will, yep. for an eight county area. Usually, in West Virginia we we try to have two men per county okay. and every two to three counties has a first line supervisor a field sergeant and so that many and then uh a captain or lieutenant in the district office so depending on how many people you had mm. who quit who retired but yeah 20 25 guys okay uh, for a huge area, uh-huh. you yeah. know, these guys are traditionally understaffed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the nature of the beast. And yeah. I got to the point where personally, mm-hmm. many years later, I didn't worry about that. Yeah, you know, it, It's the way it's going to be. Yep. We're not going to get any more funding. You do what you can. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a long time and it was, it was my life. Um, Sorry for that. That's all right. Um I have this thing I say you probably know this uh, uh, law enforcement and military people especially what you do for a living becomes who you are. Yeah. And boy was I that was me. Yep. And you don't realize it until one day I started telling myself Larry, how long are you going to work? When are you going to retire? I never thought of it. Didn't plan. I'm not a planner, Daniel. (laughs) Okay. And uh, I started thinking about it. And you can laugh at this. My biggest fear was I would retire and I'd miss it. I'd wake up. In two weeks or six months or yep. a year, and want to go back, and I thought, "Wow, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I'd heard mm-hmm. some retired guys say that, yeah, and i i it just scared me to death to yep. be honest, but I did it. I took the jump, mm-hmm. never missed it the first day, really. I can't explain that. Mm-hmm. It was the weirdest experience to yeah. me, and to be honest. Here's something really Mm -hmm. silly. Almost felt unloyal because I (laughs) didn't get guilt because you don't miss it. You can't explain that to anybody that did. But that's what you did, Mm -hmm. what I did for 36 years. You're the guy they called for this, 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 and this, and had all these experiences and uh but i'm so I'm so glad I didn't miss it, and I had just mm-hmm. started to write before I retired, mm-hmm. so probably what saved me I had something to do yep, so I have pretty much I think I've pursued it pretty hard yeah i mean it's 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 really all I do now, yeah, don't tell anybody, <laughs> you know, but when yeah. it when you find yourself doing stuff for writing. Instead of going hunting or fishing, wow. Yeah, that's... <laughs> How
0: do we get here, you know? You know, a friend of mine is a writer in Missouri, and um, I, I can't remember the concept he was talking about, but it's kind of the, the five stages of being a hunter. You know, you first start off where you want to shoot anything. You know, yep. Whatever you can shoot, crows, anything. You, know, you don't want to kill stuff. Yep. And then it's, um, okay, I'd like to, you know, get a nice doe, you know. And then it's, I want a big buck. And, and yep. then it's, uh, you know, I want to I wanna get my son you know, nice deer, or take somebody else to get nice deer, and then the the final stage is like I just want to watch the ducks land on the water. You know, drink yep. coffee over here, and um, you know, it's kind of like that. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm this lavish hunter or experienced guy, but I'm getting to the point. I'm kind of making that transition to I love to watch other people. Uh, you know, get I'm getting my wife into hunting, so cool. this was her first season uh, hunting, and yeah, I've started carrying a camera more than I do my gun. So, um, not to say that I don't. I still kill quite a number of things, but um, it's been really interesting to see that and kind of not not intentionally; it just kind of happened,
1: you know. And um, I know what you mean
0: that 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 shift, transition.
1: Yeah, I do that a lot with the camera now. Mm-hmm. I don't know why anybody would be interested in this, <laughs> but uh, I find myself you're you're. You, your buddy and there there's this let's talk about this. There's this whole realm when you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Your buddies think, Well you you just Oh man. You got the dream job. Oh, all I see is you here and there and all you do is hunt and, and you you're shooting all these guns. No. Yeah, I, I know you've been there.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say if we wanna we wanna bust some myths tonight, Larry. <laughs> um <laughs> you know, and, and I'll, I'll preface this with, I do get to do a lot of cool stuff and I get to go a lot of cool places. Yep. I mean, I, I'm excited about being here right now, Larry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, i have never hunted West you,
1: Virginia. You don't get out much. No, nah, I guess not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm never hunted West Virginia and yep. um, it's a different style of hunting, you know, than the Midwest or the sure. West. And so I'm excited about that. But uh, you know, a lot of people, um, they don't see the tough part of it or especially, you know. I'm here for a podcast to hang out with you, but you know, when I put my other hat on, when I'm working in the industry, um, it's if I'm taking guys out like you, like writers, you know, the goal sure. is not for me to shoot a bird, sure. right? you know, it's to get you to shoot a bird or, you know, to make sure my guns are working and, or, or make sure the writer's having a good time or having success. And it's, um, it, it almost takes what you love hunting and makes it a job, Yep, you know, and a lot of people don't see that or don't, don't understand that or, you know, I have two little kids at home and my wife, and I, I like them. You know, I like to see them on occasion. And um, you know, when you're gone all the time, you don't going to make that happen. You know, so um, I'm sure you understand that, Larry. And you you like to see them on occasion. I, I do like to see. Well, I think would, they like. Would you like them? to edit that part? Or <laughs> <Okay>, uh, uh, <laughs> I have to change that up. Man. Um, but it makes it tough. You know, being on the go all the time. Yeah. You know, um, and
1: and it's. We're talking about the same thing, but I know it's a little different from yeah. you. Ninety nine point nine percent of the events, and I'm not acting like I've been doing this for yeah. twenty five years and everything. But I've been on some stuff, mm-hmm. and ninety nine nine percent of it, I, I enjoy, yeah, a, a, a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not exactly like it, but like it is for you, I know, mm-hmm. but the part about your buddies thinking, you know, it's Nirvana. Yeah. What I, what I would say from my end, they don't see you in the middle of the night, uh, sweating bullets, you know, at the computer, you know, trying to, you know, meet a deadline. Um, that they, they don't see all that, you know, or the air travel or, you know, whatever, or
0: getting your, you know, changing a tire on the side of the highway. Yeah, uh, outside fun Louis. stuff and, like
1: that. Yeah, but it, it's 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 still good. I'm doing and hopefully writing about, um, you know what I like. Hopefully, I have the experience in it and everything that somebody <laughs> will want to. Yeah, you know I'm. And again, here you are talking about yourself, but, uh, I have a few, several vehicles now, Mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've written for quite a bit of stuff. I have my newspaper thing and I just, I, I I see it as kind of keeping in touch with everybody Mm -hmm. and I can just the editors just let me go that's good you know when i started i got into some papers and they're dealing with the sports editor yeah you know and they didn't have anybody that was doing and i just i i give them soup to nuts yeah. i mean it can be anything in the whole realm and uh i don't think they knew what to do with it so they just Print it, you know, <laughs> yeah, but I get nice responses from people I'm in about eight papers now in uh five states, okay, and i I man, I'd like to expand that, yeah, um, but you get emails, just just people you never knew, heard of, the nicest, yeah. and it can be and the ones that are really fun, and I always read them to my wife, and we. We laugh about them and everything, and it's some, like, say, an elderly lady, and they always start out the same. They say, Larry, I read your stuff every week. I really like it. I don't hunt. I don't fish. I don't do any of that <laughs> yeah. stuff, but I like reading your stuff, and I think, man, must be hitting a nerve somewhere. Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah,
0: I, I had a friend that um, he sells Instagram, and it's called Hunts Birds, and he's just a bird hunter. And um, mm-hmm. he's he's now retired law enforcement as of a couple of weeks ago, and out of mm. the state of Kansas. And um, he's an animal, and he hunts public land for prairie chickens, pheasants, you know, quail. Yeah, and you know, you know, hunt Midwest public land for that stuff. It's tough. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And um, he's he's gained some success. And uh, one thing that a couple told him early on was the, the pictures he takes. They're not the typical, you know, dead birds gripping grin. Um, Sunset or my decoys kind of pictures, it's just, it's more, uh it, it almost puts you where if you're sitting right next to him or standing walking in the field next to him, those shots, that, that idea, and he writes uh, pretty well too, and it, he does, he's a real good communicator of a different aspect of outdoor writing, and I think that's hmm. why he's had the the success he has, because he comes out from a different perspective, you know, and that's cool. Um, yeah. And you know, Larry, you know, you, you, I'm sure you read other people's writings sure. in this genre. And I'm not like trying to overgeneralize everybody, but a lot of it's kind of similar, you know, reading the gun review, there's a lot of the same stuff over and over. Yep. And, um, you know, you'll read a gun review that's a little different and you'll go, huh, you know, and it, it jumps out to you a lot more and you remember that product because it was just different than all the other, right. you know, gun reviews out there. And so, um, that I, I think that's one reason you resonate with people is is you're not your writing is not hey I went up to Colorado and killed this giant bull isn't it awesome I love Colorado yeah you know your your writing is whatever you'd be writing about whether it's outdoor writing or sports or whatever mm-hmm. it's genuine and personable you know the, yeah. the name you're calling column, column is guns and cornbread yeah <laughs> you know yeah, the,
1: you know it's it, it's relatable yeah well thanks for saying that I just. I, I don't know how to do it, but just let it fly yep that that's kind of what I do, I think, and people yeah. must like that, and uh, I wanted it to be from the start all the only thing I really knew I just wanted it I knew it had to be different mm-hmm. from everybody else's, yeah because you know. I went down to the riverbank and we caught some catfish and I took them home and fried them up and boy, they were good. You know, that would be kind of a typical newspaper column outdoor thing. And I'll I'll tell you something, I'll be honest. And I found out I really like this, especially when I first started. I don't do as much now, Mm -hmm. but I'd like to, but I would do everything. It would be about guns, sometimes shameless reviews (laughs) for talking about guns. Yeah. You know, you get away with it in a newspaper Mm -hmm. or something about some type of hunting Mm -hmm. all the way down to, are you ready? I'm hold on to the table. Absolutely straight up outdoor related fiction. Okay. It, 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 it's short stories Uh is really what what, I, I know. I found out there's a thing in literature I know there's some, I can see some lit professors out there grimacing. <laughs> if anybody listened to this, to this hillbilly. Uh, we'll talk about hillbillies later, right? Yeah. Um, there's a thing called a short, short story. It's even okay. shorter, I think, than the normal, whatever a short story is, uh-huh. but totally outdoor related, mm-hmm. but fiction. And the guy and his granddad's double barrel mm. that he left him and he's turkey hunting and what's yeah. going or, or something. Yep. And I found out I really like to do that. Hmm. <laughs> and I got more responses from that type of thing, to be honest, huh. than anything about a gun or when deer season's coming yeah. in or something. And uh, I've done quite a bit of that.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that kind of goes back to what's unique about you is, uh, you know, you're transmitting an idea, you know, or uh, try and tell someone a story, you know, whether it's, and it sounds bad when I say it, whether it's true or not, you know, um, you know, and the, the cool thing about the fiction is you can tell that story and the details don't need to be true. You know, you can just make him up as you go or Really? You know, isn't that weird? Isn't that weird, <laughs> weird how fiction works? Um, but that makes a little more sense about the writing you've done uh I've seen Larry, you know. So now
1: you're be totally know, you won't man. believe anything Nothing. I write from here on. <laughs> you told me your secret. S- somebody that we know. Okay. Well okay. When, when I first started, and I think we were at a show or something, I don't remember, and God bless his heart. And we were kind of laughing and giggling about it, and I know you've heard this before, but he said something somebody told him, never let the truth get in the way of telling a good story. I, now, now, there's a difference in uh, that when you're, this is my opinion, uh-huh. when you're doing a really, you know, up and down gun review uh-huh. or a piece of gear or something. Yep. Okay, or tactics mm-hmm. on some animal. You know that. But on other stuff, I think it's all fair game.
0: You know, that's, that's part of part of the fun of it,
1: right? Well, it is for me. You know,
0: um, I, I was up in South Dakota last week uh, hunting pheasants with a, a couple of my buddies, and we did a podcast like this after a long day, and... Um, it got a little rowdy, you know, and there was some stories and accusations that I told that weren't a hundred percent true. No. You, right. I know in hunting camp, you know, but, um, that's part of what makes it enjoyable. Well, yeah.
1: you know, the old thing in the outdoors and I know, you know, all this, it's kind of a lore or legend thing about fishermen are the biggest liars. Okay. Yep. And we all say that, yep. right? They don't hold a candle to real turkey hunters. Okay. <laughs> that that's my that's my hypothesis and I will stick with it.
0: I, I think I'd agree with you. You know, and um I've said this before, Larry. I've hunted uh, turkeys in the Southeast quite a bit. Have and you? um I have and so my family's from Alabama originally, and I've hunted in South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, and and I I don't mean to say this to brag that the people I've hunted with are very good hunters. Mm-hmm. And uh in my opinion uh turkey hunters in the southeast like guys that are real turkey hunters in the southeast mm-hmm. are some of the best wood, woodsmen in the country
1: i i would I would agree with that and
0: it's um you know and I was I was talking to a friend of mine in Alabama about this so um in Alabama, you can have five turkeys in the spring, kill five male birds in the spring, yep Kansas on the eastern side of the state you can kill one, and if you go to the western side of the state you can kill a second one. You know, most states it's one or two, maybe three birds. Yep. You know, um, you know, and in and so the five turkey limit in, in Alabama, what it, what it does is not a lot of guys kill five turkeys. But you know, in Kansas, guy rolls out, kills that one tom, he's done for the season. Yeah, you know, I mean, he may take somebody else out, but he didn't really have an incentive to keep going out and find turkeys. If you got five turkeys you can kill, I mean, you can you can hunt every morning the whole season. Sure, you know, and so it. And I think time spent in the woods, time spent chasing birds, it just um, yeah gives you a different education.
1: No, no, I would agree. Uh, and there's a whole, maybe one reason I got into turkey hunting, I'm not sure. It's almost, it was, and maybe it's still like that, I'm not sure. It was almost like a cult. Mm-hmm. I thought of the old-time turkey hunters when I started, which was... Late 70s, early 80s. Okay. For me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I, I turkey hunted before then, even as a kid, but it was the, it was, of course, I turkey hunt spring and fall. Mm-hmm. And we could, yep. you know talk about that for three days. Yep. But, uh, we, West Virginia, Appalachians, we fall turkey hunted in conjunction with, you know, squirrel hunting and everything else. Mm-hmm. You killed a turkey if you ran into turkeys in the fall while you were squirrel hunting, mm-hmm. but to actually be immersed in turkey hunting and it was spring hunting, uh, I probably saw those old time hunters much the way as, and I'm sure it shaped my opinions, the way Tom Kelly saw them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Tom Kelly, I know you know who that is. Yep. And if, if you have, if you're a turkey hunter and you haven't read the 10th Legion, then shame on you.
0: And now, not everybody can see this room that we're sitting (laughs) in, but there's a 10th Legion book sitting behind you next to your laptop over there. Yeah,
1: and it just just kind of set it there a while ago, Mm -hmm. hoping some, like, osmosis, I'd get some inspiration (laughs) off of it. It would just drain into you. Yeah, and I've read... I'm ashamed. I probably haven't read everything he's written, but I've read a lot. And if you're a turkey hunter, you got to read Tom Kelly. And the way he described the old time hunters in those early books, like 10th Legion Mm -hmm. and the first couple, whatever the next one's dealer's choice or something like that. Uh, I think that's how I saw them. Very secretive. Yeah. A curmudgeon like attitude, if you will probably wouldn't share anything with you. Yep. Okay. And that's why I said they're true, hardened, died in the wool turkey hunters, the biggest liars that yeah. there was. I, I've done it and I, I intend to do it more. You know, <laughs> running
0: into those guys in the woods, if you don't know them, they're, if they talk to you, that's the first yeah. part, they're more likely to give you incorrect information. Really? Than they are <laughs> to give you any sort of helpful information. I, I, I was down in uh, the Coosa Wildlife Area. I think it was one of WMAs down in Alabama with, with another buddy of mine. And we struck out. We seen a couple of hens that morning. I saw one Jake that I could have had a shot on. But the problem was my friend was in between me and that Jake. So... For his sake, I decided not to shoot next to him. Yeah, because um, I'm a nice guy I like that. But uh, now you wish you had, right? I was going to say, you know, it's a long day. <laughs> we're you know, we're we're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those things where you know, and you're, I always tell guys when I'm when I'm guiding, or hey, you know, don't let you know, don't let a bird. You know, make you take a dicey shot? It's not worth it, you know. And yep. taggy give you i reminder. So I'm, I'm like with you. I, I would never do that. But it, it, as the day goes on, you're like, could I could I snuck that in there? <laughs> you know, you start, start thinking more and more, and you're like, man, it's 11 a.m. Been up since four. Oh oh man. How, you know? how
1: about if it's the end of the third week? Oh man. In a in a four week season, and you are so tired and grouchy and wore out. You think. Maybe I could have (laughs) took. but no. You know,
0: and I wouldn't have been happy with Jake, but I would have been a lot happier than sitting right here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, turkey hunters know what we're talking about.
0: Okay. So we'll get back to the episode in just a second, but I want to talk um, briefly about my sponsor, Walton's Inc. Um, like I said earlier in the, at the beginning of the episode, they make a lot of cool stuff, make a lot of great stuff. Everything but the meat. Um, they sell seasonings, cures, um, equipment, grinders, sous vide, you know, a lot of crazy stuff, um, dehydrators, slicers, everything. And what I love about Waltons is it's all quality equipment. So I can send my friends there and they buy good stuff and I know it's going to work. I know there's not going to be a problem with it. And um, I personally know I can take the stuff on trips with me. I can cook with it. I can do everything with it and I'm not going to have issues. And that's, that's a big deal to me. You know, if I'm going to buy a grinder or buy, you know, a slicer gonna make sure it works and all Walton stuff, is great. Also, um, you know, guys know I love to cook, obviously, and they kind of take a lot of the the hassle or the tough part out of um, spice mixes. They make a ton of spice mixes from you know jerky seasonings to, like I said, cures. You guys know how much I love hams. Um, they make a lot of good options. You know, baking cures. They make spice mixes for fajitas, everything. And what I love about it is you can just pop open that package, throw it in with the meat or whatever you're cooking, and you're good to go. Make sure you check out Walton's Inc. at waltonsinc.com. They're also on Facebook, Instagram, Walton's Inc. Make sure you check them out. Okay, let's get back to it. That's right. But so that day, you know, we're (laughs) we're kind of sorry to I get sidetracked real easy, but uh we were real frustrated, and so there's some people driving around the WMA after, you know, about 11, a.m., and uh, this guy in this white Toyota pickup truck is driving past us and kind of wave at him, and uh, he stops, and so I assume he wants to talk to me, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I kinda walk up. He rolls down the window, and he says, uh, you might want to move. I'm about to go through this puddle. I might splash you, and then no rolls the window back up and keeps going, man. I was just like... <laughs> well at least he didn't splash me and i ran into another hunter i was talking to him a little bit and uh he goes oh yeah there's this guy i can't remember what his name was but he goes oh was so-and-so uh he's been hunting these woods forever and uh he'll never tell you what he did and Mm -hmm. and the guy was like that guy's a straight killer he gets his five birds every year usually (laughs) and i said does he drive a white Toyota?'
1: he goes yeah he does yeah i I met him i think i wasn't tom kelly was it no (laughs) i hope not. Right. Hope not, but, uh, um, but yeah, that's them. And you know, that's just interesting to me because that, uh, uh, I get off track here. That is not like, if you will, the thing now Yeah, we're all, and, and I believe this, we're yeah. all supposed to be helping each other. And mentoring people. Yeah. And you're yeah. with me. The yeah. whole three R regimen, which yeah. are very, we're recruiting new hunters, which we need to do and Absolutely. we got to do. And yeah. we, we can talk about that later. But I just think I, I'm not describing it very well. I just think it's interesting and it's fun that there are people like that. I do too. Now, there's a lot less of those guys mm-hmm. that there are. Yeah. You know, because we, they're like dogs. They don't live long enough. Yeah. You know, and uh, there's not as many of those around. But God bless them. I just, I just, <laughs> I just think they're funny and interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we both, I'm sure, have a lot of stories about those, those it, those kind of people.
0: Well, and, and, and those kind of people, you know, and the reason I, I started doing this podcast is I wanted to capture some of that you know, and record it uh, kind of selfishly for my information, you know, mm-hmm. so I can go back and listen to it or you know, get somebody to tell all their secrets, you know, and so then I can know those you, things. You had a lot of luck with that? Not, not so far. <laughs> um, there's a couple episodes in, so I'm hoping soon. But, uh, no, and, um, but I personally, you know, I'm an adult onset hunter. So My, my dad didn't hunt or didn't take me hunting, um, and so I've kind of had to figure it out. And uh, Really? Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. When and, when did you start? So the first animal I ever killed was when I was 16, Killed some dubs with with a buddy of mine, and so a buddy of mine in Kansas, we went and got our hunter safety course. Yeah, and I somehow convinced my parents to let me go in the woods with a shotgun without adult supervision. And those uh, were the days, the, right? Um, <laughs> not too long ago either. So, um, but we went on a dove hunt. Um, I got peppered for the first time on that dove hunt. Um, it was it was a good time, a, r- a rite of passage. That, it has to be, you know i. <laughs> It was public land too, you know. Um, but I've now learned that that's pretty much that's every time you go dove hunting on public <laughs> land, man. Um, uh, but, let, let Let's say
1: something because uh-huh. I worry about the trolls because I get yeah. them on the I get yep. them on the book of faces. Yeah. we're we're kidding around.
0: We are okay,
1: and, and the reason I'm I interrupted you. I have to say that I was a DNR officer. Mm-hmm. I investigated more hunting-related shootings and 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 deaths yeah. than anybody I know. That is not a brag. Yeah. That is just I was just there. Mm-hmm. I was there at that time, and we had I saw a lot of death. Yeah, but we're kidding around. We are okay. We are
0: knowing, and, and uh, you know, I kind of just ignore those people. I try to, you know, but it, you do have to mention it sometimes, and. Um, thank you for, 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 doing that just well, right there, I just, I
1: don't want you to get too much. No. That I, I'm having fun and you and I are sitting here looking at each other and we yeah. know we're kidding. Yeah. I don't want the guy at home. Well, they're advocating shooting each other, shooting, right? <laughs> and that's not a good hunter safety. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Yeah. I've taught 9 million <laughs> kids hunter safety. Uh, well, maybe 8 million. It didn't, didn't cover that part. There. Uh, yeah, right. Um, um Here's a good example about the trolls. Yeah, just decide. You've been there. Yep. When you put stuff on the intranet uh-huh. and on the book of faces and all, all this stuff, we're involved in. Yep. I still wonder why I'm doing it. But when I started, I was told, "Hey, everything you write and you do, put it out there. Everybody needs to see what yeah. you're doing." I, I don't. I guess it's helped. I, I yeah. can't tell you but um <laughs> you, you you know you take pictures of people with guns, yeah, and people simulating aiming and shooting yeah. guns, well, when you're aiming and getting ready to fire a a firearm, mhm. You have your finger on the trigger. Yep. Okay. Where you going with it? And if you put that picture on there, even though to most people it is entirely obvious, he's this is a guy shooting at a squirrel or a rabbit, or he's on the range and he's getting ready to. Well, you got to touch the trigger sometime. At
0: some point, you do. And
1: people just go wild. You You know.
0: know? uh, You know we when we put out social media or pictures, you know, we're always, every time we see a person with a gun or shooting it, you check eye protection, ear protection, where's their finger, where's the gun pointed. You know, I I had, I have to, I have a couple of pictures that I've pulled off personally of other friends that are instructors and and qualified instructors. I'm not saying these guys are bad, but um, I'm not gonna say the guy's name, but he was teaching a shotgun class uh, to a group of women. And so he's up there. There's a woman in the stand. He's coaching her. And behind him, there's two or three women, and I'm guessing he probably instructed him, "Hey, when someone else is shooting, it's a great opportunity to follow that target, you know, with your hand to kind of simulate shooting, right?" Yep. So there's a group behind him, and you see a woman; she's standing there like this with her arm out, pointing at the target as it's going, and she has her shotgun down, and her thumb over the end of that barrel. You know, and it's—I mean, it's behind him; he can't even see it. You know, but it's like one of
1: those—you know—it's unloaded. Yep.
0: Yeah, or hopefully it's unloaded, right? You know, but it's just—it's like one of those um, if. I had three or four friends contact him and tell him, maybe hey, you need to take that picture down. You know, and it's like, I mean, you know, it's something, like, I didn't even notice until someone pointed it out to me, you guys zoom in, look at it. But yes, you know, man, people get real, real touchy about that stuff.
1: Well, I, yeah. it's the nature of the beast, I guess. I, I don't know.
0: I, you know, it's uh, I heard, I have a friend that has very, very, very big following on a podcast, millions of people listen to her a week. And he said, you know, if 1% of a million people don't like something, that's still a lot of people, and they're loud. Wow. You know, you think about that. Yeah. You, know, you have a huge following, I know, Larry. Um, you know, the tens of millions, and so, uh, so hundreds Yeah, millions, yeah. So.
1: We're into that fiction yeah. realm now, aren't we? <laughs> that's, that, that's a turkey hunt exaggeration. <laughs> yeah, right. You know. right. But, uh,
0: no, so at 16, I killed the dove and then didn't have much success after that. And, and a lot of it was just because my friend and I, we didn't – had no idea how to hunt. You know, we, we bumped around some public land areas, you know, with, with a lot of ammo and not much shooting – and, um, so I kind of gave it up for a couple of years. And then in my early twenties, I wanted to do it again, went with another group, um, did the pheasant hunt, duck hunting, you know, pond jumping thing, um, in Western Kansas. And, uh, and then kind of same thing. I didn't have anyone to, 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 you know, further my education. And, and then about, I'm trying to think. So I'm 30 now, uh, 22, 23. I really,
1: wait, it's stop. I got to interrupt. I know. I knew you are 30.
0: I'm 30 years young. Yep. I was. This is really going to hurt you. I was born in 1990. Oh, my God. Right. I know that's, uh, that hurts an old soul. Okay, here's here's
1: some larry I don't only have boots. The old saying is, I got boots older than you yeah. are, honey. I got shotgun shells. Oh, I got shotgun. Here it is. Drum roll. I got shotgun shells I'm still using. <laughs> you know how you like have old yeah. shells yeah. and they're like for the antique? Shelf, yeah. and you'll never shoot them. Uh-huh. I got ones; they're still in your pouch, rolling. Okay, around folks, things, but- I'm going to be going to bed now. I'm <laughs> going to get my walker, and uh, so anyway, uh, you when you started, yeah. this is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You can explain. Why you wanted to go so, hunting.
0: It's really interesting. So I've always liked guns. My dad, my dad's a chemistry professor. My, yeah. my mom doesn't shoot. My dad doesn't shoot. I, my family lives in Alabama. I grew up in Kansas City. So there I didn't have, like, there wasn't an uncle or something that I saw do it. I've just always thought guns were cool. I mean, I don't know why. It's just, it's like a kid that wants to drive race cars. And, you know, sure. it's, it's just, you were born with it. I was. And um, I've always liked the outdoors and it kind of just married together it's like well you know, guns the outdoors hunting and i always wanted to do it i remember when i was a young young kid i'd beg my dad say hey um you know can you take you know can you get somebody to take me out deer hunting you know can you um one of your friends take me out deer hunting you know and it just that wasn't a world he was in and so and i i mean you know he had no idea how to how to get me started doing that we we went to an indoor shooting range with a bb gun one time mm-hmm. that was what you know cuz that's safe yeah, i grew up in the city you know it's right. not always really safe to shoot squirrels in the backyard and Um,
1: so your love of interesting guns got you into hunting. Yeah,
0: I think so. And, um, once I started hunting, really hunting like it's some early twenties, um, it just kind of, I got the bug, man. And, um, what I tell people is, you know, I didn't grow up hunting and so I'm trying to make up for it now. Um, and I just, if I can hunt, I'm hunting.
1: So good for you. It's just, that's interesting to me and all the things we're doing now. Uh, we're gonna go see michaela Scott tomorrow Sad about that yeah. lot lot of people know her, mm-hmm. and she's turning and burning do a lot of things and I'll just say this real quick getting people into hunting. We were on the phone uh michaela and i mm-hmm. I'm just trying to help with the d n r director the director of the Department of Natural Resources in West Virginia is uh Stephen McDaniel, okay. And I think he's the best He's the best director I remember. I served under a lot of directors. Yeah. They're probably all mad at me now, but <laughs> they were mad at me when I was working. So yeah. um, no, I'm kind of kidding there. But he's done so much. Mm-hmm. And Michaela has this big, bright idea. There's organizations all around the country within the state. And I know you know this. And it's kind of a... The organization exists to get kids, young people into hunting and shooting. Mm-hmm. Michaela's traveled a lot. She's seen this. Yep. Well, of course, West Virginia don't have one. Yep. She's going to start one in West Virginia. We were on the phone today with Director McDaniel, and he, I was so pleased. He, he just more or less told her he was going to do whatever he could to yeah. help her make that happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, that thing didn't exist when I came along. Yep. It was a thing. This is how I saw it. Mm-hmm. Your dad hunted, and you just went. Yep. It it was, it was a real natural thing. I guess you mm-hmm. didn't come from that yep. environment, and we're all different. But of course, as mm-hmm. West Virginia, we're one of the last great strongholds. We do have mm-hmm. a lot of hunters yep. here, and you just. You just went, and uh, I, like you said, I use that term all the time, the bug bit you. Uh-huh. That has to happen. Yep. There's something that I don't think any of us really understand. Mm-hmm. It either bites you or it doesn't. Yep. And it certainly bit me mm-hmm. at a very early age. You know, I was on the riverbank with a BB gun shooting Hornets and bugs, Mm -hmm. and you know, whatever. And it was just an easy graduation, you know, right up the line. And if my, in the early days, if my dad, if he went on some hunting trip and I couldn't go, I mean, brother, it was the end of the world. Okay. I can remember that. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's how I started. Now, let's, and I was a little encouraged. You said, You kind of started, you got out of it for a few years, Mm -hmm. and you came back. Yeah. That, to me, and I've heard that before, Mm -hmm. and people say it will come back, and and just personal experience. My son, Jesse, you Mm -hmm. know, I drug him out there when he was – if I would tell you and show you some of the places I took him and hikes that we made Mm -hmm. with a little – I mean, a little kid. I mean, I probably – DHHR should have probably come and, you know, confiscated my (laughs) kid for a while, you Uh know, and I, and I'm going to say this about getting kids hunting and everything, turkey hunting, well, spring or fall, but spring running and gunning type hunting, one of the worst things you can do to a young kid. And there's Mm going to be people out there just foaming at the mouth. Yeah. But I'm telling you, the way I did it, Mm -hmm. you walk, God knows how long in the dark, get over here, sit down. Yep. You sit down at the base of this tree and don't move. Don't make a noise, nothing. This is a little kid. <laughs> now, Daniel, I I have a lot of anguish about this, yeah. okay? A lot of guilt, uh-huh. if you will, Jesse, if you ever hear this. And I've tried to explain that to him. He says, oh, dad, I didn't see it that way. But, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't want to get up early. Yeah. Sit there and be still is torture. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're going tomorrow on a thing that I've said many times is the best way there is to introduce a young or any hunter. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I want to talk more about and get bigger on this thing of starting. There's adults that yep. want to become hunters, yeah, and we need those desperately to add to our ranks. Mm-hmm. I think, okay, for a kid, especially squirrel hunting and squirrel hunting with a dog, okay, it's social. You walk through the woods. You don't have to be quiet. Mm -hmm. That kid can run and throw sticks and swing on grapevines. You get to watch the dogs run. Everybody likes to watch dogs work, and they finally tree – you you get and everybody's looking for the squirrel now, and you're shaking grapevines, mm-hmm. and and it's so safe. You don't even have to load a gun yep. until you get there. It it's just the best way, and and I've never taken anybody that I didn't think di- they they didn't like it. Yeah, you know, it, it just it it's it's just fun. Yep. And we I've written about this. We've gotten away from that in a lot of our hunting. You know. Mm-hmm. Here's a big news flash. It should be fun. If we're not having fun out there, (laughs) what in the hell are we doing? You know, this 29 days I'm in the tree stand and I haven't seen the, I saw him one time at night and I'm going to go tomorrow and it'll be 30. You know, I'm sorry, brother. I'm just, I, I admire you Mm -hmm. and I admire your fortitude but i don't think you're having fun. Yeah. Okay.
0: You know, and i think um there gets to a point where uh, like we talked about earlier it's work and you're or you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, you're doing it to to get that picture so you can put it on facebook to show your buddies that you killed <laughs> a big buck, you know. And we we kind of joke a little bit, but uh, you know, you can get caught in that pretty easy. You know, the, the culture right now, i think, and and i i'm really glad there's all these hunting shows, you know, that are on tv podcasts, you know, a lot more riders. I feel like that's grown some, which is cool because you're seeing a lot more of it, but a lot of them are very similar in the it's big bucks, big bulls, high limits, you know, big, big trips, Africa, mm-hmm. those things. And that's not the common hunter. That's not the everyday dude. And so I think some people see that and think that's gotta be the goal. You know, and um, you know, I was talking to my a buddy of mine, John Wallace, He's a wild game cook on Instagram, and mm-hmm. you know he kills more does than anybody I know. I mean, it just if if a legal doe comes in, he's shooting it because he <laughs> likes to cook, man. You know, yep. and he, good for him. All you know, all the wild game. His family, you know, his family eats all wild game. You know, and so he's like, his son shot a buck this year, real nice buck. And the only reason he shot that buck was because there wasn't a doe that came in before. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that's fun. Um, but that makes him happy. He is happy to do that. You know, and he's ecstatic to drop that dough. I, I'm very similar to the same way where I'm very happy to kill a mature dough. You know, I mean, it just, because I'm thinking about what I'm going to make with it. You know, the sausage, the, yeah, you know, and, and the yep. stories, the, the meals i get to share with people, you know, and I think, um, that's what makes me happy or that's one really big aspect I like about hunting. So it's like, I think if, if you let people steal your joy there, you know, you're, you're grinding, you're pushing to get that big buck. You know, if that's mm-hmm. not what you want, you know, if you're doing that because you think that's what you're supposed to be doing or someone's told you that's, that's the goal. It's Somebody like, you
1: has it? somehow influenced you that, that now look, there's big buck hunters out there. They're probably wincing right now. I, say. I just, I, I love that you love that. I want you to do your yep. thing. Okay. But you really touched on something, you know, about shooting does and being happy with that, and, and and I'll tell you something. I have a thing about saying harvesting. When yeah. harvesting became in vogue, I was one of the real rednecks. That like, what is it? That's been several years yeah. ago. I'm like, what? Oh, this is West Virginia. We harvest corn and bean <laughs> and potatoes, yeah. and we kill deer and yeah. turkeys and squirrels, okay? I don't think anybody cares about that, but yeah. I'm really getting on a sidetrack here, Daniel, but there's a thing in this hole in the outdoor industry and in hunting in general, I'm afraid about 89% of us are afraid to say kill,
0: you know, and I, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Um, and I, I the idea, cause I've kind of got, tried to get to the root of that yes. like the harvest and I, so, like I said, you know, my goal with hunting is—is is I want to provide meat for my friends and family. Yes. To me, uh, like this year, the the first uh, deer I killed, I didn't post a picture of the dead deer. I posted a picture of the meat that I when I dressed it out, and I said, "This is my trophy," and I, I kind of tried to make a statement about it, where it's like, "Hey, that was my goal. It was to get meat, and I got some good meat, and I'm like really excited about that." But it's almost. um I I don't want to get too political with this, but <laughs> I, it's I like you can almost go too far, where you're you want to be so sensitive, and man, you know we really need to not talk about killing big bucks. It's only about harvesting animals, and it's like, and I I think what I want to say, and I kind of I don't know if I said it directly earlier, but it's, it's what makes you happy, or what you want to do. You know, if you want to go kill big bucks, if that is your what makes you tick, cool. You know, yes, go do I, it, go do it. But I what I hate is just that. I feel like a lot of get, people get pushed to do that when that may not be what makes them happy.
1: Well, know? yeah. All right. I believe it or not. I want, even though I was a game warden, I want people to be happy, Yeah, but two there, there's two things here we're talking about. Number yeah. one, you brought up the thing about killing does. And I love that. And you're, I, I, I'm not going to be able to articulate it, but you're hunting. Yep. You're out there pursuing yeah. and and taking the game and it's got nothing to do with horns i like to liken back to as far back but you don't have to go back as far as the mountain Men. yeah but in the whatever the early days are many years ago people hunted to get something to eat you know yeah. you know you if know. a nice buck walked by they shoot it just as they would that doe you know Mm -hmm. or a turkey or a squirrel Yep. i I like the idea of and this is a game warden talking when they just went hunting yeah they didn't say they were going deer hunting squirrel hunting Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah turkey flew up they shot it you know and i know we have game laws and seasons don't you don't have to give me that speech but there was just something about that that in, intrigue me you
0: know and um you know to me it's the, it's the pursuit of game you know yeah. it's the, yeah what really i think what got me hooked in hunting is the mind game you know where it's uh you're trying to figure an animal out you know yes. or you know and, and i think that's some the des- tactics correct yeah and like i think that's some of the tactic with or some of the desire for people that want to kill mature animals is it's much harder to pattern a mature animal and get him to do something stupid than it is you know, a younger animal. I mean, we've all seen fawns stand there looking at you in a deer stand. You're sitting sure. there, and, you know, a 10-point buck ain't going to do that. Right. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know it's the same thing with turkeys. It's like, well, I really like turkey hunting. And I think what I like about it is they're hard to figure out birds. You know, they yeah. they have small little brains, but somehow um, they can frustrate you. You know, uh, a good story of mine, a buddy of <laughs> mine has, and he was, there's this one turkey he was hunting, and it's kind of the fork of these of these. Uh, two creeks kind of came together, and so there's three ways water can go, essentially. Yeah. So and there's a little point in the middle, uh, kind of middle all this. So there's a bird that was roosting a tree up there, right? So he gets in there on the west side one day, and he's like, "Okay, I think this bird's gonna pitch up here." Well, the bird pitches to the east side, right? So next morning he's in the east side. That bird pitches the west side, right? So he's like, "Okay, let me think about this. I think I'm gonna go back to the west side tomorrow." What well, bird pitches the south? Okay, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this? So. <laughs> And I and I this is a long time ago, Larry, and I don't know how legal this was, but uh he said the the fifth morning he ended up in the water in waiters and just shot that bird <laughs> in the air. Because he said, I don't care where it's going, I'm gonna shoot Be, it.
1: Because he deserved it. That's right. Yes. That's, and he worked
0: for it, man, you know, but um like that I could see myself, you know, I, I've had those frustrations where, right. you know, you think, okay, I got it today. This, he's gonna do this, and then he doesn't do that, you know, and it's it's almost you know, when you kill that bird, there's almost a little bit of sadness because the game's over. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and
1: that relates, you know, I brought up the the K word. Yep. That, it, it's just interesting to me. Yeah. We, most of us have a hard time saying that, and it's almost like it's, it's not cool or something, mm-hmm. but it's what we do. Yeah. So. Taking a life, man. Hunting involves killing. Mm-hmm. But in today's world, that's become you know that's something that's very hard to talk about. I don't have any explanation for it yeah. i i don't i've I've tried to write about it, but uh it, it and and you're you're bringing new people on. How do you talk to a kid about that? Mm-hmm. you know a young hunter yeah. some people don't like kid um uh, but some young people just want to do it, yeah, right first drop out of the hat and some don't it's very personal you
0: know um and it's interesting too i i was hunting a couple years ago in cheyenne bottoms out in western kansas and we were doing a little bird hunting and uh there was young man with us nine or ten or eleven somewhere in there just one of his first trip's hunting and uh, we'd shot a quail and it wasn't quite dead and so some guy taking out game patch and laid on the tailgate and so i see it's kind of his head popped up you know it's still looking Mm -hmm. around and so i'm walking over there to you know, in his life and kill it. And, um, before I get there, the young man Easton picks it up and said, Hey man, do you want me to, do you want me kill that for you? I, I'm like, I'm thinking, I can't tell this, tw- you know, kid how to, he may
1: not want to do it.
0: Right. And I'm like, I don't want to put that on him. You know, it's not my son, you sure. know, and I'm like, I just, I, sure. and he goes, I was wringing his neck. Right. And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> and he, without like, he didn't grimace, he was just like, took it, pulled his head and, and it was like I, I don't think he enjoyed it. I don't, I don't want to say that. You know, right, right. It, it was like to him, he grew up on a farm, and I didn't know that before. Uh, he had no qualms doing it. You know? Oh, and he he was a farm he, kid. He was done, man. Yeah, oh yeah, and, yeah. It was kind of one of those. I I I didn't know him super well. I Kind of knew his dad, and it was like, man, he had no problem doing it. He knows that that's animals are there to eat. You know, and the thing wasn't dead yes. yet, so he killed it. But but then there's a lot of kids that couldn't even. Come right. close to doing something like that right and, um, a lot of adults are onset hunters you know the first time to see that dead deer or, or um, you know my wife really struggled with like when the dove's still alive you know um and it's like well it's gotta die somehow you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's and you mm-hmm. shot it so you know there's only a quick way to do that um it, it's a
1: it's a hard thing to explain yeah and we're talking about uh, and again I was telling you about michaela and getting kids into hunting and her starting this organization. So as the teachers, I have a hard time referring to myself as a mentor. Yeah. That's the word now, but it's something you have to address. And yeah. and I'm not saying I have, uh, I would love to hear better ways mm-hmm. to deal with that, but it involves, um, it involves killing now. Um, a, a good friend of mine told me this several years ago. He, he experienced with his boys He talked about turkey hunters. I don't know if you know who Jim Clay is. He was I one know, of the original, not. he was in the league back in the day with the call makers. He had perfection calls. If okay. you ever heard of them, he's still, yeah. he's still making calls in his okay. home. He's, he made turkey calls for a living for probably 30 years. Huh. Okay. Jim Clay fantastic turkey hunter he's hunted mm-hmm. turkeys all over the blah 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 he actually traveled on the road back in the day when these guys were going and setting up their tables with like mm-hmm. Ben Lee and you yeah. know he was the first I always loved this story he was the first one i think you know when the diaphragm calls came out it was mm-hmm. real popular and uh, boy they had some some um Yeah, boy, don't you love it when that happens say. in the I, middle I, I, I of the podcast? I told you,
0: I, I didn't realize you're that famous. You know,
1: you can call. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the guy we're going hunting with tomorrow, which I should have took the call. Yeah, um, he'll understand. The, yeah, right. Uh, uh, Jim Clay, and he's on the road with Ben Lee, okay. you know, a legend, uh-huh. and they're they're each selling their individual calls. Uh, Clay, the the tape on diaphragm calls. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he was the first one to have colored, as in red, blue, green. Yep. That's how mm-hmm. he distinguished some of his calls. Yeah, uh, tape on the calls. Everybody else was white back in the day. Yeah, and he said that Lee Ben Lee would would tease him about <laughs> that and say, "Oh man, what are you? Ain't nobody gonna buy those things and put that that." red, green, yeah. blue tape in their mouth, you know, which was not true. Lots yep. of people bought them But uh boy that rabbit got away from me. What were we talking about? I don't remember. <laughs> Something about getting people into hunting. About about getting people into hunting and talking to kids about killing. Yeah. And he said he experienced with he has two sons It's different for a deer than a squirrel and a rabbit. That first deer, and he had no idea about it until his boy, his son, told him that. Mm -hmm. For a small kid, a deer standing there, and boom, you shoot it, and it hits the ground. And his son told him, he said, Dad, that was, you know, it shook him up a little bit. This big old animal hit the ground, you know. Mm -hmm. You're an adult. You've hunted a lot. You don't think about those things, you know, so somehow we have to be better at, at, you know, helping kids with all that.
0: You know, and I think, man, it's uh, so there's a group I've worked with a little bit in Kansas called outdoor mentors and they work with big brothers and big sisters and they, they create mentor relationships and the way they do that is through hunting you know and and i'm sure you've heard about this it's it's kind of the same thing with your kids that you know the best way to influence them when they're 16 17 when they don't want to listen to you is to have a relationship with them well the best way to have a relationship with them when they're 16 17 is to have a relationship when, with them when they're two three sure. four you know yes and so it's it's kind of the same thing it's you know a kid's not going to tell you that when you first meet them, that hey i it's i want to shoot a deer but i think it's scary you know but as you get to know that kid, or if it's, you know, your son, you, you can kind of talk him through that or before it happens. And, uh, um, yeah,
1: because he didn't know it himself yeah. until it happened, you, you know, know, it's,
0: um, you know, it's like, I, I learned this, uh, mentor my wife on her first son. It was a group of women that, that I was working with. And, um, you know, I, I'm an excitable guy sometimes, but, and I'm sure you, you've done this too, Larry, it's, um, you've probably been duck hunting or something and you know, you've shot your ducks and so your, your guns up and. You know, your buddy, this, this mallard comes in, says his wings perfect, and you're going, shoot it, shoot it, come on, shoot it. You know, and you're like, shoot that bird, man. You know, you're excited for your buddy. You know, if, yep. if the bird's close. Well, I realized that uh, when I was telling the, the the women I was mentoring to, to shoot shoot that bird, it kind of came off as uh, me yelling at them to shoot the bird. Oh, <laughs> so boy. My wife had to say, you need to tone down a little bit. And um, But, you know, that's uh, that's learning for the mentor, too, you know, and kind of – so I, I think it's building that relationship you know, is the key to doing those things. And, uh, they'll open up to you more about that stuff. And, uh, yeah, you won't make a mistake
1: or well, hopefully not make I, a mistake. I'd like, uh, this is a, a call, I guess, for input from anybody. I, yeah. I'd, I'd like to know how to do it better. I, I yeah. don't claim to be an expert on any of this. No, you know, I, I truthfully have done quite a bit, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, you know, that there, there's some things, uh, again, taking game is very personal. Yeah. And I don't think, uh, most of us, we all don't exactly see it the same way. Yeah. And, and, that's it's not explaining it very no, well.
0: It's, it's a personal thing. It's a personal pursuit and an endeavor. And, uh, you know, you're going to mentor me tomorrow to kill, you said as a world record squirrel or two, <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going to hold you to that Larry. Yeah. On um but uh i think we got a we got a lot to get done before tomorrow morning and uh do a little bit of relaxing and uh petting (laughs) these dogs so i think it's a good note to end on if you're okay with that well
1: i hope you can use this it was a long way around the mulberry bush but uh uh yes i I enjoyed it i'll see you see really really glad you're here dude
0: hey thank you larry thanks for having me man i'm
1: excited about it yes sir
0: I really hope you enjoyed that episode. Larry's a cool guy and he's very gracious to have me out here. So make sure you check out gunsandcornbread.com. You can read all the stuff he writes and he writes in a couple different magazines. So look for Larry Case. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Also, if you could review us on iTunes uh, or wh- whichever uh, podcast thing you listen to, if you could review us there. Also, please like and follow us on Facebook at Hunt Fish Eat Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Hunt Fish Eat Podcast. If you could subscribe to the podcast, whether it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Also, if you want to go on awesome trips with me, go hunting, or let me cook you some wild game, the way to have an opportunity to do that is to support the show via the Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash Eat. There's a couple different levels you can jump on and support the show. Also, some cool swag and all sorts of cool things. So, patreon.com slash huntfisheat. Also, make sure you check out Walton's Inc. That's Walton's Inc.com and clayshootingapparel.com. Walton's is, is an awesome company. They have some more supported me immensely. And they make some really, really cool equipment, spices, you know, all sorts of cool things. I talk about that a lot, but... I love Waltons, and they make quality stuff and quality equipment. Make sure you check them out. ClayShootingApparel.com, great company. And lastly, check out GunsAndCornBread.com. Larry Case does a ton of writing, has a ton of knowledge. I know you'll enjoy reading his articles as much as I do. GunsAndCornBread.com. Thank you, and we'll catch you on the next episode.